0: I hope you guys all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, hope you had a Thanksgiving, either you're here with us now and you're wearing your stretchy pants or you're at home right now and you're, you're wearing your stretchy pants at home, um, Nacho Libre style probably, but listen, uh, I, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, I'm not sure what Thanksgiving is for you, um, but for me, and I've said this before, but it's I really got to have some good like fresh cranberry sauce. Let, that just does it. It just is what, everything else. I, you know, I like the, 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 the darker me, but get some cranberry sauce, mix it in with all the other stuff, and I'm good to go. Hope you enjoy that. Um, but really quickly, I want to ask you to get started here. What are you thankful for? And so maybe there's somebody here that can share us, but if you're online, we'd love to just read some of your comments here really quick. What are you thankful for? And then if there's somebody here you want shout, to shout that out, what are, you, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? You're thankful for your church? Uh, absolutely. I love it. I love it. What else? What else? How about in this area or this area or that area or that area? That area. What, do you, what, do you, what are you thankful for? Being alive. being alive? Okay. You're thankful for being alive? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, anybody else? in online, I'm seeing you. Someone's thankful for familia. You're thankful for family. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's brother john ortega hey man thank you thank you you're thankful for family. anybody else can we just get somebody else thankful for your cats all right you are thankful for your cats absolutely we got joshua ball here we're going to shout you out you said you're thankful for your beautiful wife and your family you know what we're thankful for your family too um, and so, guys, it's you know we're in this season. It's such a beautiful time. Just because Thanksgiving has come and gone, um, we still express gratitude and thankfulness. I'm excited for a series we're going to kick off next week and and get into that. But right now, we are in a message series titled Revival, and it has been so so good. And if you've missed any of it, you can listen to it on our podcast or watch it on YouTube. But our central passage for this series is in Psalms 85 and in verse 6. And it says this, will you, not re- will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And you see the psalmist, they're so excited, but they're, but they're at this place of plea before the Lord. Will you not revive us again? Will you not revive our spirits? Will you not revive our bodies? Will you not revive our strength that we might celebrate you, God? That we might rejoice in you? This has been our central passage. Let's take a moment to pray over the word and we're going to jump right in. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this very day. God, we're here because of you. We seek you today. We desire you and we pray this prayer. God, will you not revive us? God, will you not fill us with your spirit? Will you not empower us with your Holy Spirit? God, would you not revive us so that we may rejoice in you, so that we might see revival in our world? Would you not revive us, Heavenly Father? God, we came to hear from you today, Lord. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would release a word, that you would speak to us, you'd minister to us, you'd strengthen us, you'd convict us, challenge us, God, encourage us, and empower us, Lord. We thank you for this day. Minister to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen Amen and amen. Listen, one of the biggest questions in life is why? Why? It's a question that we're faced with often. It's a question that we'll hear, even from our little kids. You have little kids, and they'll ask you the question, why? Why? My kids all the time. Daddy, but why this? But why that? But, Daddy, why do we go to church on Sundays? Why is it Sunday? Dad, Daddy, why do we go to church for two services? Why do we, why, 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 why is the sky blue? All these questions. And as we grow in life, we continue with the question, why? Why? Why should we buy it? Why should we pursue it? Why should we own it? Why should we wear it? Just recently, my family and I, we were driving in the car just kind of enjoying ourselves this last week and and uh you know running some errands a couple of things like that and we were just kind of listening to some good music and hanging out and so we were driving in the car and, and uh as we're as we're doing that my my daughter asked me the question she says hey daddy when's your when's your day off and she said i thought your day off was this day And i was like well mama because of the holiday i kind of switched days off just i'm trying to make things work and she's like well um well, well daddy who gives you your work and uh and maybe right in my mind i want to say well god gives me my work mama i just want you to you know but but then i I stopped i paused and i was thinking well you know what i really want to give her something that she can she can grasp but also give her the spiritual and my wife pop jumps in the conversation and she says who she says well well daddy's his own boss and and then she says and then my daughter says well 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 well, daddy why do you give yourself so much work and then and then i just pop back in and i said listen mama listen i so that I can do more for Jesus, so that I can do more for Jesus. And then that led her to think through some other questions, but, but why? Why do more for Jesus? Why live a life on mission? Why seek revival? Why pursue in my life, in my relationship with God, in your relationship with God, why pursue revival? Why not just walk this life out? I'm a Christian. I know that I'm forgiven. I'm walking in this. It's great. Why should I then pursue revival within my relationship with God? You see, today we're going to dive into a passage of Scripture where we see Jesus explaining to his disciples this very thing. And in Matthew chapter 9 and in verses 35 through 38, and we're going to be looking here at the NIV It says this, it says this, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had what? Compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a what? Shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are what? Few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. See, just prior to this moment, Jesus had been busy living on mission, healing the blind and the mute, raising a dead, uh, a dead girl, healing a sick woman, constantly dealing with the Pharisees because they always wanted to be in his business about something, looking for a moment to prove him wrong. Jesus had been busy building his team of disciples, traveling from town to town, preaching the gospel message, preaching the message about the kingdom of God. And now he is teaching his disciples, helping them to see the bigger picture of it all. And so you may have heard these verses that we're looking at today, but maybe you've never understood it in the way that we're going to unpack it. Why should I seek revival? In my walk with God, in your walk with God, why should I seek revival? Why should I pursue it? Why should I? Well, really for one reason. Because eternal destinies are at stake. Because eternal destinies, destinies are at stake. Well, Pastor, mine's doing just fine. I'm good. I'm good. Well, true. True. And you maybe maybe but what about those around you what about those around you see we don't always like to think of things as black or white or option one or option two or left door or right door we don't always like to think of things just as 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 simple as that we we, we we've become accustomed to you know what i'm gonna buy this i'm gonna keep the receipt i'm gonna try it i'm gonna wear it a few times and then i'm just gonna take it back because i'm gonna try something else Right? Or, 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 or let's, let, let, I'm gonna be in the relationship, but if the relationship gets tough, I'm just gonna jump into a new one. In this life, there is life beyond this life, beyond the 80 to 100 years that we get in this body. And the truth is this if things remain the same in our world, in our society, around us, there's gonna be many people who will never experience life beyond this life. They, they just won't. If things remain the same, if things just go about it, if in my walk I never pursue revival, things around me are just going to stay the same. They're not going to change. Maybe somebody comes to know Christ. Maybe there's that person. But how many of us know someone? How many of us have family members who we know don't have life beyond this life? Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 22. He says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message, come on somebody, and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their what? For their sins. But they have already passed from death into life, they've already passed. Right, they've passed the bridge. They've they've went on to the other side. They've already allowed uh, revival to take place in them. They've already received the mercy, the grace, and the forgiveness of God. They've 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 passed over from death into life. Every single one of us has a breath. One day we'll take a last breath. Your loved ones have breaths. One day they will take a last breath. They will maybe pass from death to life. But if they're in Christ, death, they'll take a breath and then they'll go into life. Jesus says in John chapter 3 and verse 36, this is this. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on them, remains on them, meaning they don't move from death to life. They, they, they don't move. Maybe they live 80, 100 years, but, but they don't go to heaven. They don't move into that thing. So I don't want to tell you how many times I, I, I do memorial services or do funerals, and I absolutely cannot lie to the people. If, if they did not walk with Christ, then they're not going to heaven. They're not. Why should I pursue and seek revival? Because eternal destinies are at stake. Listen, let me ask you. Have you ever been lost somewhere? Ever been lost somewhere? Have you ever been lost and didn't know you were lost? Anybody? Anybody? Maybe? Online? Maybe? Maybe? I absolutely have. I am not a big fan of road trips. Not at all. Some of you can get in the car and drive. I cannot. I got the GPS and it's just my luck. We go out a signal or something happens and I'm driving somewhere and it's, it looks great. But the result of revival is the lost being found. See, it's a, it's a movement resulting from the people of God coming together to seek one purpose, gathering and believing. And my question for you today is, will you believe? Will you seek? Will you pursue? Will you desire this? Listen, there's something that i got to point out to you this morning. Because in Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9, and really in our main passage, we see Jesus. And it says this, that he has compassion He had compassion on the people. His heart moved for the people. Has your heart ever moved for something? Have you ever had compassion on someone or for someone? Has your heart ever moved? Or sometimes do we get so caught up with everything that we have to do? All the responsibilities or the desires or the wants, the needs, the family. Has your heart ever moved for someone? I want you to understand Jesus' compassion. It wasn't compassion because they were sick. It wasn't compassion because they were lame, blind. Or it wasn't compassion because they were poor. It was compassion for a completely different reason. And here, in verse 36, it says this. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Well, let's unpack this. Harassed and helpless against who? Who were they harassed by? Who were they helpless against? Against the principalities of darkness, against the plans and schemes of the enemy. They were constantly harassed and helpless. They had, they, had, they had no plan because here's the, here's the devil and here's, here's Satan. He, he's got his demonic presences. And he's like, you see them, go for them. You see them, go for them. Go for them. Go for them. And they don't take days off. They don't take holidays off. They don't, they don't take breaks. You see them, go for them. Go for them. And like sheep without a shepherd, they were harassed and helpless. There is nothing they can do about it. So eventually they get to the place where it's normal. To eventually where they get to the place that this is what it is. And they get nice and comfy and get relaxed. But the attacks of the enemy and they were, says that they were harassed and helpless. In John chapter 10 and verse 10 it says this. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus says, listen, I'm going to be your bridge into eternal life. I'm going to give you life that really is life. Sheep without a shepherd. You see, sheep without a shepherd are unprotected. They wander. They don't have direction. They get entangled in things of the world, and they get nice and comfy there. And they have no no sort of protection. And Jesus sees the crowds of the people, and he has compassion on them. And he does miracles and signs and wonders ab- among them. But he doesn't have compassion because they're going through it. He has compassion because they are like sheep without a shepherd. Harassed and helpless against the schemes and attacks of the enemy. And there's so many of us Christians, we, we, we got the protection of God. We got the blessing of God. Attacks come, but they do their attacks and they don't destroy us. We keep going. We stand strong. We stand firm. We overcome. We walk into the things of God with confidence and with boldness and with security. But how about for all of those who do not have that protection of God in their life, who do not have Jesus as a shepherd, who do not have Jesus as as Lord and Savior in their life. They are exactly what Jesus had compassion on the crowds. He has compassion on them because they are harassed they are helpless why should I seek revival because eternal destinies are at stake we talk a lot about our heart beating as God's heart beats desiring the things that God desires loving what God loves love God and love your neighbor why should I seek revival because eternal destinies are at stake In verse 36 again, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. If things stay the way they are, their eternal destinies are at stake. Hell is a real place. Satan and the devil, same name, same person, same being, is a real being. Demonic presences, demonic spirits are real. And Jesus, he can't ignore it. He can't ignore it. He has compassion on it. His heart moves for them. Even though he has all the power and all the dominion, he always meant for this to be a choice for us. To choose him for ourselves. It's a choice to serve Jesus. But it's also a choice to hear his words and heed his message. Heed his message. What is that message? In verses 37 and 38, it says this. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest fields. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful for the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see you see who this meant for? This was meant for you. 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 Today, I want you to receive the call of God over your life. And I don't want you to doubt it. See, if you're walking with the Lord, if you know who Jesus is, then this this is for you. This is for you. Don't doubt what God has been trying to do in your life for so long. And I get it. Sometimes we've taken some, some some roads, and it seems like, ooh, it hasn't been that straight. And I've been over here, a little bit over there, and I love Jesus. And I get that. And sometimes our journey, and we got to get back on track, and I get it, I get it, I get it. But this call is for you. Do not doubt it see you are who we've been praying for you are who generations have been on their knees seeking God not so that you would just come into the knowledge of who he is so that you would be a worker in the harvest just so it says so that you would also pray for those to increase because the harvest is plentiful the world is out there and if things remain the same there are going to be so many people who take a last breath and they will never pass from death to life. They won't. We're not just talking about people that we don't know and have never met and they matter because God's heart has compassion on them, but we're also talking about loved ones that you love dearly, but they will not pass from death to life. You are who we have been praying for. You are who generations have cried out on their knees and been praying for. And it doesn't have to be somebody in your lineage. It could be somebody else, and they've been praying for you. They've been praying that there's one day somebody, they're going to get it, and they're going to receive it. Receive the call of God over your life today. Receive it. This is what God wants to do in you. Receive it. Listen, I get it. There's some of those that just—they just—they just want to know that they're forgiven and they just want to live life. Listen, I just want to walk with Jesus. I—I I, I just want to do me. I, I just want to know that I'm forgiven. I just want to live life. Don't ask me for any any more. I just—I I just can't do that right now. This is not a good time for me. I—I—I I, I, I just can't. And I get it. They're they're not interested in signs and wonders. They're not interested in seeing miracles around them. They're not interested in, in seeing people around them come to know Jesus. But maybe if that's you, and maybe you've been in a place like that, I just want to encourage you for a moment. Maybe you're coming out of a tough season. Maybe you feel like you're in a tough season right now, and you feel like you're trying to look for that glimpse of good, and, and you're walking with God, but it's just all bad around you. And you feel like you can't do anything extra. I just want you to know that God loves you, that God cares for you, and that in Him there is a rest that you wouldn't come at. He'll take it off your shoulders, place it in his hands, and you're able to walk and go about the things of God. So what would it look like if you took your eyes off of all and put them to what God is telling you now to seek and pursue revival because eternal destiny is at stake because God's call is over your life, your life. What would it look like if you took your eyes off of all of this stuff going on? Well, how can I possibly do that? It's weighing me so down. There's so much going on. I feel the pressure. I feel the stress. I feel the anxiety. I think I might I think I might be depressed. I, I don't know. I I got all these things going on with you. There's this relationship issue, there's this finance issue, there's this just this, this I this feels a little bit just too much. I just don't know. What would it look like if you took your eyes off of all of that? How can I get my eyes off of that? What would it look like? You see, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, he's ministering to the crowds and they're they're talking about there in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount, he's the people are in front of them and they're concerned about the things of life. They're concerned about all of these things. And he says to them, and I'm gonna read it first in the ESV, he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He gets the desires of your heart. He's never, he's never not, he's never not paid attention to the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart, he knows them. He wants to bring those things to pass in your life. Absolutely. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And then and then in the CEV, it says this: But more than anything else, put God's work first and do what he wants. Then the other things will be yours as well. Those other things will be yours as well. Just put God's work first and do what He wants. So I want to encourage us today would we seek revival? Would we seek revival? I know the church looks different than it's ever been before. And I know as a pastor, I love our church, I love our people. I love, and I have missed so for so long during this pandemic, the gathering of the people and our services and worship and altar calls and just crying out. I, I love that the community, all of it, it's, it's gotten to me. The church looks a little different, but we are still on mission. We are still on mission, and there is something that God is stirring in us. Will you allow it to stir in you? You allow it to stir in you. when you seek revival with me? See, the beginning of revival in me happens when I seek God. And the, 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 the center of revival is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And the result of all of this is a movement of the lost coming to know who he is. Eternal destinies are at stake. Multitudes of people coming to know Jesus in a personal relationship. And I get it. It might look different, but it's already happening. Will you be a part of it? Because God is calling you. It's already happening. The harvest is, is ready. Will you receive God's call over your life? Here's my challenge. I want to close with this and we'll pray. Here's my challenge. Will you join Will you join us in spending intentional time with God seeking the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the salvation of those around you. Will you do it? It's already happening. Will you join in? Listen, let me pray for you. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, that name that is so dear and sweet to us, that is so precious to us, that name who we hold in in reverent awe. Heavenly Father, would you work in us? God, it's our desire to live on mission, to seek you, to desire you, to pursue you. God, to lay things down, to take our eyes off some areas and put them on you to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness knowing that you know the desires of our hearts and you'll take care of those areas Father I pray the way that you are stirring us God that you would stir the rest of us and maybe you're listening or watching God I pray your blessing over them right now would you stir them heavenly Father would you stir their hearts and their lives would you empower them with the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ Father, would we come together and pursue you, pursue revival. Heavenly Father, in Psalms 85, verse 6, will you not revive us again, O Lord? Revive us that we might rejoice in you. Strengthen us, God. Get us excited. Stir us up. Fill us with your spirit. Bring compassion on our hearts for those who don't know you. Father, for our loved ones and for this world, for this world and beyond and beyond for this world, Father, would we have compassion. And so, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, seeking you, desiring you, pursuing you for the sake of those who don't know you. We love you, Father, and we take this time to worship in Jesus' name we pray, amen.